We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? It's officially draft week, and we are here with a brand new episode of the Bear Report podcast to give our thoughts on the Chicago Bears what we we think they're going to do with draft talk a little bit about Ian Cunningham who met the media on Tuesday as we record this. We're going to talk all that fun stuff here in a few minutes. Let me bring in my co-host Aaron Lemming and Aaron. Um, it was a little refreshing to hear from Ian Cunningham, but at the same time today, it was pretty much what I expected. I think it was pretty much what you expected. Um, a whole lot of nothing in terms of the bears draft plans besides a couple of key points. And honestly, I think we would have got the same from Ryan Poles. Am I wrong on that one? No, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's awesome of Ryan Poles to put Ian Cunningham a little bit more in the spotlight this year. Um, I'm sure some fans probably remember last year. I think I can't even remember what the occasion was, but they did bring Ian Cunningham in uh, at one point to kind of do a dual press conference with Ryan Poles, and he didn't really have a lot of questions come his way. So it's, it, I think it's really cool that 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 the Bears are doing this, and obviously, you know, if Ian Cunningham lands a GM job next year, the Bears would get, you know, a pair of third round picks because of the NFL's initiative um, to, you know, basically promote, uh, you know, minority candidates. But I think outside of that, I think it's just really cool that Ryan Poles is even, you know, giving him the opportunity to be able to do all this, you know, really sit in front of the media for what was it, 10 or 11 minutes, whatever it was, answer some questions kind of get some face time out there, kind of explain his process, his viewpoint. Um, I, I think it's a really cool thing. And it shows that overall the bears are just, you know, very much in the business of, you know, helping, you know, get their guys promoted and, you know, whether that's in the, you know, <clears throat> in the organization or out of the organization. And I said this a while ago, you know, Ian Cunningham is probably going to be uh, the top general manager candidate next year. Obviously we're, far, far away from that and knowing who's going to be available or, you know, what, what, what teams are going to have availabilities at that point. But yeah, I thought that, thought the entire thing was cool, but like you said, I mean, really what it comes down to is we are two days away from the draft we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Um, we're damn near 48 hours, almost on the dot um, by, you know, a few hours here from round one starting. And 
yeah, the Bears aren't going to give away a lot. And ultimately, I mean, why should they when we have no idea? I mean, I think we we all know who's going to go number one. I think that's going to be Bryce Young. I think we can both agree on that. But outside of that, I mean, you're talking about Houston sitting there at two, who's needed to take a quarterback for the last three years now. And yet here we are kind of waiting out to see what they're going to do. So it's like if we have no idea what's going to go on at two and three and so on and so forth, you know, the Bears are definitely not going to give away their positioning uh, sitting there at nine with everything, you know, still undecided in front of them. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Like you said, we're 48 hours almost um, away from the NFL draft. And uh, we should also mention that before Cunningham spoke today, the Bears usually do this. It's it's. um the Brian Pickle award um, for the bears. They, they give it out to a rookie and a veteran every year. It is voted on by their teammates and it, and it goes to the two players that, you know, exemplify the best loyalty, dedication, teamwork, um, courage, sense of humor um, that the late running back Brian Piccolo had in his life and his career. It's been given out since 1970 and this year was Jack Sanborn and, and David Montgomery and, and Sanborn was there to talk Montgomery's obviously in Detroit Um but he passed along a message as well. Uh, so I just want to say congrats to them. That, that's always a fun thing to do and always nice to see the Piccolo family and, and all the former award winners that, that can make it there show up. Um, but after the ceremony, I mean, yeah, we got to talk to Ian Cunningham and, you know, it. I'll say this, if the draft overall, you know, everything I've read, I, I know you've seen the same stuff as I have. I know Bryce Young is going to go number one. I'd be absolutely shocked if he doesn't go number one. After that, man, I have no clue what the heck is going to happen from picks two on in the first round because it just seems like, you know, Houston's being connected to everyone from Will Levis to Tyree Wilson, um, you know, Will Anderson, who's going to trade up to that three spot. I thought just a couple of days ago, you know, I thought it was it was Arizona was the team that really is going to start the draft um, and, and potentially either trade the pick or take a defensive you know, stand out. Um, and now, you know, it feels like number two is going to start the draft because we just don't know what Houston's going to do. And all of this kind of goes back to the bears and ties to the bears because, you know, what if Jalen Carter starts falling? What if a quarterback like CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson is there at number nine? Um, the bears are going to get a lot of phone calls for teams to, to, to trade up. Um, you know, what happens if someone like Tyree Wilson falls, what do you do if you have, you know, Paris Johnson and Jalen Carter sitting there, does Arizona stay put and take Paris Johnson? Like all this stuff is coming out, all this stuff's on Twitter. It's just, it's, it's really like, I don't really remember a draft where I, there's so much unknown from pick two to let's say, you know, about, I think about like 20, cause I think, you know, we'll see a tight end in the twenties. We'll see, you know, probably Jamar Gibbs in the twenties. I think we'll see Jordan and Addison in the twenties, guys like that. But like, I have no clue what's going to happen from about pick two to a pick 19. Well, believe nobody right now. I think that's really what this comes down to. You know, it's like the, and I'm sure some people have seen this on Twitter about how Will Levis's odds to go number two have shot up dramatically. And it was literally all over a Reddit post of somebody saying that they had some inside information that Will Levis told them that, uh houston's already told him that they're taking him number two overall and hey that may be the case but i think what a lot of people fail to understand with a lot of the betting odds and stuff that are going on right now is it's all influenced by the market like vegas doesn't have this inside information like everybody seems to think they do especially with stuff like the draft so it's like ultimately 
like the the money is being influenced by you know people seeing this type of thing on social media and then turning around and betting it hoping they can you know make some money out of it which is great and it's kind of the same thing that we've seen with this push right now with like Paris Johnson Jr for example all of a sudden Arizona is you know it seems like Paris Johnson Jr may be the favorite to be the number 3 overall pick to Arizona if they don't trade out of that pick and it's like I'm not saying that it won't happen but what I'm saying is is that there is a lot of leverage going on. There's a lot of rumors going on with agents and basically trying to play teams against each other to try to get a team to act, you know, and 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 take their player before, you know, maybe the player's gone or another team to trade up or whatever it is. I mean, they're trying to secure the highest possible draft pick for their clients. So I think that, well, it's all well and fine and there's a bunch of rumors and all that stuff. I think it's also kind of worth keeping in mind that, you know, take all this with a grain of salt because really, again, what it comes down to, we pretty well know Bryce Young is going to be number one overall. After that, there's a lot of questions. Um, and it, it it's kind of weird to me because, you know, you go back a few months to when the Bears traded number one overall and it felt like all of the talk was – there's not that number one overall, you know, there's not that number one quarterback in this class. Everybody's so split, you know, nobody's going to make the trade with the bears because why would they give up a bunch of value and all this other stuff? And, you know, it's one of those things where I think, again, obviously we have no way of knowing, but I feel like, you know, Ryan Poles absolutely made the right move trading the pick when he did, because now you're looking at a situation where, you know, CJ Stroud was kind of rumored to be within that top one or two quarterbacks. And all of a sudden it seems like he might be the guy that falls, you know, the S two scoring or whatever the hell it was that he got so low on. And there's been some stuff put out by different media members. And, you know, it's kind of that same thing that happened with Justin Fields, right? Where it's like, all of a sudden you got one guy that just gets smashed and he starts falling down the draft boards, or at least perceived to be falling down the draft boards. But it just feels like the bears made the right move. And in terms of offloading the pick and letting another team say, Hey, you know, we'll figure it out, whatever it is, but it's going to be super interesting because again, I mean, you're, you're looking at a spot where I think a lot of us had assumed going into the draft, even let's just say two or three weeks ago, that at least three of the four quarterbacks are going to be off the board. Now I still believe that's going to be the case because I think what you're looking at right now is I think between Houston and Arizona, I think one of those two teams is either a going to take a quarterback with Houston or B Arizona will trade out at three to a team that needs a quarterback. And then obviously you have Houston or sorry, India at four, that you know, is taking a quarterback. So guarantee two quarterbacks are going within the top four picks of the draft, but then you have Seattle sitting there at five. I mean, Anthony Richardson makes all the sense in the world for them. They got Geno Smith on what basically, you know, accumulates to a one-year deal. You have Detroit with Jared Goff where, yeah, you can say you like Jared Goff and that's well and fine. But ultimately, I think all you have to do is look at the playoff teams and realize like the best quarterbacks usually make it to the Super Bowl. So I think you're kind of looking at a situation there where you don't need to rush a, you know, rookie quarterback in, but and especially those two teams right there, both have two picks in, in the first round this year. Right. And then you have a team like Tennessee, uh, you have a team like Tampa Bay. What again? You're looking at nine with the Bears. Maybe you know one of those quarterbacks drops, and all of a sudden a team wants to make a deal up. But kind of like Ian Cunningham was talking about today, the Bears have to be smart in what they do. Now, like you said, I think a best case best case scenario for them would be if Jalen Carter and let's just say Paris Johnson Jr. both you know end up at number nine. You know, I think the Bears make that pick. Uh, I still think it would be personally, I still think it would be Jalen John or Jalen, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Carter in that position. But 
outside of that ideal situation, you could be looking at a scenario, a real scenario, where both Jalen Carter and Paris Johnson Jr. are gone. So then do you take Darnell Wright? Uh, you know, do you hope that maybe like Tyree Wilson falls, maybe Will Anderson, although both of those guys kind of seem, you know, it just doesn't really seem likely. Corner's been brought up. I mean, we talked about that last week. The Bears are going to be in an interesting spot, but if that fourth quarterback is still on the board, maybe a team like Tennessee at 11 wants to trade up. Maybe that makes sense for the Bears because you're not going to get a ton. You know, you may end up getting a third round pick, uh, but more likely it's probably going to be like a future third or, you know, a fourth this year, like the, the draft value drops off. Again, we talked about that last week. Or maybe, you know, you say, hey, you know, a lot of these guys are kind of, you know, have gone, you know, the, the six to eight guys that they mentioned that they have, you know, that they'd be comfortable taking at nine, maybe the majority of those guys are gone. Or maybe the majority of those guys aren't gone and they feel comfortable moving down a little bit more, um, you know, with the team. You know, I, I don't the Jets probably don't make a ton of sense now that they're at 15 after the deal with Rodgers and the fact they don't have that second second round pick. But you know, there's there's a multitude of different teams. Pittsburgh at 17, Tampa Bay is at what 19 or 20. Like there there's a there's a few different teams that can make sense for that quarterback. Or let's say that you know the, the majority of the offensive linemen are still on the board, and the team like Pittsburgh or another team uh, wants to move up. Like the Bears are going to be in an interesting position. Now again, it kind of circles back to how far down do they want to trade and. I know all of the talk has been, you know, they're completely comfortable trading down. They don't want to make a pick at nine. I don't know if I believe all of that. But what I will say is they kind of have to set the parameters of where they're comfortable trading back. Because as of right now, I don't think Green Bay is going to trade up at 13. I think when you start kind of looking around and really looking at who's picking, you know, between 10 and let's just say 17 or 20 or whatever, I don't know that the Bears are going to be comfortable going to 20. I don't know that they're going to be overly comfortable going to 17, even though I just put that in my mock draft. I think a lot of that's going to be dependent on how the board falls. So then the Bears have to figure out where they're comfortable going. And then what, you know, how many of those teams are actually viable trade candidates for them? And then from there, how many of those teams are, you know, viable in terms of what they're looking for in terms of return? Because if you drop down, I'd say 15 on, you're going to need an upgrade of a second round pick. You're going to need probably a third round pick and you may need a future round pick depending on how, or, you know, a future pick, depending on how it all goes. So the bears are going to find themselves, at least in my opinion, in a very interesting situation at nine, regardless if two of their favorite guys fall or if they're looking at a situation where they feel more comfortable trading back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, and you know, you mentioned um, the the six to eight players that uh, Ian Cunningham kind of you know admitted to the Bears having at the at the top for number nine. Um, that was one of the things that really stood out to me. And when you think about that, you know, you, you have six to eight, and I'm not going to include Will Anderson. I don't think Tyree Wilson's going to be there either. Those two, obviously, you, you don't think the, the the four quarterbacks um, are on that list for the Bears. So when you think of the six to eight, I mean, to me, it comes down to I think it's 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 Paris Johnson, it's Broderick Jones, Peter Skronsky, um, I obviously Jalen Carter. Um, then you look at Darnell Wright, so that's five. I think, you know, Bajan Robinson's a guy that they probably have high. Um, he's probably, what, player eight, nine, um, if it goes that far. You know, Christian Gonzalez is another player that I, I probably would keep an eye on. That's seven right there, and, and you know, you just don't know. Is, is Jackson Smith of Jibba a player that, that the Bears value and covet? That'd be kind of more of a little bit of a luxury pick at number nine just because of what they've added to their wide receiver group. Um, but yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's, you know, they're going to zero in on offensive tackle. They're going to zero in on Jalen Carter. For me, when he says a six to eight, I just, I, I what I took away was I, I thought it was pretty much that five right there. The, the four offensive tackles I mentioned, and then Jalen Carter. Now, obviously, you know, if, if Will Anderson's there or Tyree Wilson's there, it's probably, you know, a little bit of a different story for Ian Cunningham. The, the other thing, um, that kind of caught my eye um from the Cunningham thing was he was asked essentially you know if you stay at number nine are you going to go best player available are you going to fill the need and I thought it was a pretty honest answer from Ian Cunningham I thought he gave us a lot of you know GM talk kind of danced around a couple questions but this one I thought was you know pretty fair answer and he he, excuse me pretty much said you know I I think that's what we'll always do is try to take the best player available approach approach and um, to me, I like hearing that because I think when you're at number nine, I, I know you got to draft for need at times, but if, if there's a player you really covet and, and, you know, it's maybe at defensive back, I can understand if he's the best player on your board, if Paris Johnson goes, or if Jalen Carter goes, one of those tackles goes. So uh, that stood out to me, the best player available approach. Cause I really, you know, uh, I, it's hard when you're at that position, when you like, like you said, you need, you have so many needs, you have to find an offensive tackle. You have to find um, a defensive tackle, a defensive lineman, probably have to find another cornerback, um, things like that. You eventually have to find another tight end down in the draft too. But when you're going best player available, I kind of like that because I think it broadens the um, the range of players that they will have in that six to eight. Yeah, well, I think it I think it does, but I also feel like the best player available thing is kind of cliche, right? Because well, it also say... could be a need. It could be a need too. Yeah, well, it could be, or it could be a a scenario where let's say you're stacking your board, right? And like, you'd have to imagine that even if they don't plan on taking a quarterback, you'd have to imagine that at least one of those top four quarterbacks is on their board. So let's just hypothetically say CJ Stroud is the guy that falls to nine. Let's just say that only two quarterbacks get taken and it's Bryce Young and it's Anthony Richardson. And you're sitting there staring CJ Stroud in the face and you had CJ Stroud as your fourth or fifth best overall prospect, right? It's like, are you really going to go best player available in that in that situation? I don't, and that's the thing is like, I think it's all subjective. Like, I think it still has need based around it because you're not going to like if you had. I'm just trying to. I, I'm trying to think of another example. Like, if okay, let's let's say you, like if you're if you're sitting there and you're the Chiefs and you have Travis Kelsey and you're picking the Bears position, like, and your best player available is a tight end. Are you going to take a tight end? I don't. I I, I can't imagine that that's going to happen. I think that. 
need is still going to play a part. Now, maybe it's not the biggest need, but the nice thing is for the Bears right now, they can take pretty much a best player available approach because let's be honest, man. I mean, look at look at their roster outside of quarterback because obviously if they're going to take a quarterback, they wouldn't have traded number one overall. Outside of quarterback right now, I think you can make an argument for damn near any position that makes sense. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Bajon, taking Bajon Robinson in the top 10. I think Bajon Robinson is going to be an outstanding running back. He's probably going to be a top three running back for the next four or five years, whatever it may be. We know that the lifespan of running backs is short. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense for the Bears considering the position that they're in. But I could also see if they made the move. It's like, I mean, you're adding a damn near elite player, so it makes sense. Okay, but like, let's just look at, like, let's just say there's offensive tackle, receiver, corner, um, and defensive line like we talked about, right? So, I mean, those are really their, their, really their biggest needs. And when I say defensive line, I'm talking defensive tackle or defensive end, right? So you're looking at that. And I think really what it comes down to is, yeah, if you have, let's just say, Jalen Carter and Paris Johnson Jr. on the board for you at nine, yeah, you go with whoever's on the top of your board. Um, but it's also one of those things where I think the Bears are in a spot right now where, let's say, you have Paris Johnson Jr. on the board and let's just say Christian Gonzalez, right? Like, corner is a need, but I don't know about you, but I have corner is like, you know, their fourth biggest need right now, third or fourth biggest need versus defensive end defensive tackle offensive tackle like then i think that's kind of where positional value comes in and again maybe maybe that's already taken into account when they set their board up i'm sure it is to a certain extent and ian cunningham kind of talked about that but let's say you have two guys graded very similarly let's say you have uh like on your best player available board right then and there you have christian gonzalez and you have paris johnson jr they are one you know basically one ranking apart and you know, are you going to personally, are you going to go with Christian Gonzalez? Or are you going to go with, with Parrish Johnson Jr.? Cause I know I'm going with the offensive tackle one for, for positional value and two, because it's a considerably bigger need. And if the, if, if the grade is that close on both players then I'm absolutely taking the higher need and the higher positional value of the two. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and uh, sorry, my thing was still muted. Um, I, I, do, I do agree that need does play a factor into it. I think it plays a factor into it where see, I'm kind of the opposite. I don't think they're going to have any of the quarterbacks on the board. And I, I think the only way they'd have that is if for a trade up. So like they know, okay, like if CJ Stroud's there or Will Levis is there, we're going to get calls and this is what we value them at in this. So I, I do think there is need into the best player available, if that makes sense, because I do think the when the bears are putting together their board, like you said, if they're comparing, you know, um Paris Johnson to Jalen Carter which one takes the top spot or which one's ahead of the other is probably based you know a little bit on need at least uh or, or somewhat on need as well so yeah I mean I, I I guess I agree with that I I just for me hearing the best player available I kind of just opens things up for me I, I like you said I don't think they're gonna take Bajan Robinson I don't think they're gonna take Christian Gonzalez I mean I wouldn't be shocked though either I'd be more shocked with um the the running back I think you can justify um, 
a defensive back more than you can a running back at that spot. Not to say that I, you know, I would do it. Um, but obviously I think we're in agreement that, you know, offensive tackle is probably the biggest need on this roster. And then right after that, it's defensive line, whether it's a defensive tackle or a defensive lineman pass rusher, they have to figure that out. And looking at it, I mean, I'm kind of coming around to the camp where I think it should be, you know, Paris Johnson, if he's there or Darnell Wright or, um, Broderick, Broderick Jones, if he's there, because I do think the depth on the defensive line, um, is a lot deeper later on in the draft. You know, yeah, the Bears found Braxton Jones last year, but is he a franchise left tackle? Is he a franchise right tackle? We don't know that yet. I'd rather probably take the chance on someone like Paris Johnson. Uh, so I so I guess let me ask you this, Aaron. I gave my six to eight players. Are yours pretty similar to mine um, in, in terms of what you think the Bears big board is, or do you have any uh, differences in there? No, I don't think so. I, I feel like Kalijah can see – if he was taller and, and had longer arms, I think he would absolutely be in that conversation. But no, I, I think you're pretty much right. I, I would guess, I mean, taking quarterbacks off the list, obviously, you'd have Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson. Uh, and I don't even know if you could really count Will Anderson because he's probably not going to be there. Um, but then I would guess probably two tackles. I would guess, I'm just going to say Paris Johnson Jr. And I'll say, uh, I don't know, I'll say uh, Darnell Wright. So that would be five right there. I think you'd have to have both of the corners on there, right? Devon Weatherspoon, I know he's a little light, and I know that's kind of a knock, and and, and Christian Gonzalez, which would be seven right there. And then I would, I don't know, man, I would have to guess that Bajon Robinson would probably be that eighth guy. I mean, Ian Cunningham was asked about it today. And again, obviously you don't want to give away a lot of stuff, and you don't want teams ruling you out as a team that would take him. Uh, but he did say that, you know, that elite running backs are worth a top 10 pick in his opinion. So, I, and again, obviously he's not the GM, but that would be why I would guess that he would probably be the the eighth guy. Now, I know some people would say uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba or, you know, whatever else, or maybe another defensive uh, end, like, I don't know, maybe Miles Murphy. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not as high on Murphy. And frankly, I just can't see them taking a receiver at nine overall. Um so, yeah, that would probably be my top, you know, six to eight, um, you know, give or take a player or two. Yeah, like I said, I think receiver would be a little more like a luxury pick after they got DJ Moore. Like, obviously, you know, if we were sitting here and they didn't get DJ Moore in that trade, uh, you know, I think it'd make more sense to go wide receiver than it does now. And also, uh, I, I want to just clarify, because I, I know there's probably multiple people that are wondering, like, why the hell we haven't even said Peter Skronsky's name. And I'll just repeat it again for anybody who didn't listen last week. I don't think he's a tackle for the Bears. And I don't think the Bears are taking a guard in the top 10, regardless of how good he projects to be as an offensive lineman. So I don't think that Peter Skronsky is a guy, and I'm not saying he won't go top 10. I just don't think he fits for the Bears. So yeah. I don't think that Peter Skronsky is going to be in that top, to, you know, that that six to eight player range that the Bears are talking about. Uh, see, I had him in my six to eight. I, I, I put him in there um, as an offensive tackle, but I, I agree. I think he's going to be an offensive guard. Um, I don't think the Bears are going to take him. Like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want him to stay away from him. Um, I do see a scenario, man, where they do take him at nine. And whether it's to create more competition at guard or try him out as an offensive tackle, I, I, it's just to me, it just feels like a Bears pick. It feels like the local kid. Um, the you local know, kid who's a Packers fan? Yeah, the local <laughs> kid who's a Packers fan. The local kid who plays at Northwestern. They've, they were there. They pretty much ran that pro day 
Like Pat, I know Pat Fitzgerald does this for all of his prospects. He's been talking him up on six seventy to score. It just feels it feels like a Bears pick, man. Like it just honestly feels like a Bears pick. Yeah, but see, the th- my my whole thing on that is like one. I think taking a, a guard in the in the top ten is just about. Oh, a I agree. I don't like position I don't value like it. Running back, but my whole thing is is that they even have any thoughts of trying him out at tackle, like. Throw out every single, just basically throw out every single, uh, you know, measurement that you have in terms of like what you're looking for in a player, because you can't sit here and say, oh, Orlando Brown doesn't fit us because, you know, he he meets every single threshold except the athletic threshold. And then you can't, you know, you can't turn around and say the same thing with Caleb McGarry. Well, he fits the athletic threshold, but he doesn't fit the length threshold. And then turn around and be like, well... Peter Skaronsky really doesn't fit the length threshold by quite the wide margin, but we're going to give him a shot out of the tackle anyway. And worst case, we'll put him at guard. I just, and I get what you're saying, but that's kind of the thing where the bears have drawn a very serious line in the sand. Right. And I think that you can kind of look at some athletic comps and see, uh, you know, with offensive tackles. And I think that both Roderick Jones and Paris Johnson Jr. Fit the length threshold where after a certain length, I think it's like, I think it's 35 and a half or 36 inch arms. Like when you look at players that have been drafted in the first round with those with those length requirements, like the hit rate is astronomically high at offensive tackle. And I think that whether people want to believe this or not, there is a reason that there's length thresholds. And I think especially for a team like the Bears who have longer length thresholds and bigger athletic thresholds than most teams, I just don't think that that is a pick that you can make and still expect people to take you seriously when you talk about, you know, the type of thresholds that you're looking for in an offensive lineman, especially at tackle. That's, I, that's I, my only take. Yeah, I I would not advocate for the pick. I I, I think he's going to be a good player. I just, I don't know, man. I, I can just see him doing it. Like, I just, for some reason, I got, like, I've been mocking Paris Johnson. I've been mocking Darnell Wright to the Bears, um, Jalen Carter to the Bears. I just feel like if if Johnson and Carter – are both gone. Um, they're and they really like Skronsky for some reason. They're gonna go him and nine. I just, I don't know. It's just a feeling I have. I don't want that to happen though. But um, you know, we'll see. And I should say, I think Peter Skronsky is gonna be a really good player. I really do. I think he's gonna be a really good offensive lineman. And I think that there's probably some people that are listening to me and like, well, then why wouldn't you take him? And it's just again, like the Bears don't need a guard right now. And I know that you're not just drafting for this year, but I think. Like if you're really like in Ian Cunningham talked about this, like they want to put Justin Fields in a position to succeed, to truly evaluate him. And how can you possibly do that if you're not willing to go out and fill right, right tackle in any way, shape or form? I mean, they've made one starting move on the offensive line so far, and they're going to recycle another player. It looks like at center, uh, depending on what they do in the draft, like you have to make two big moves. And I get one of those was guard with Nate Davis and that's fine. That was a good signing, but to me, man, like that's especially offensive tackle is just not a place that you can bend on your 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 thresholds, whether it's athletic or length. And frankly, I would rather bend on athletic than length, um, just like historically speaking. But yeah, I I think he's gonna be a really good player. I just don't think he fits what the Bears are trying to do. But would it shock you though at all? Like, um seeing that they did pretty much it, neglect the big needs. See, it it would it would shock. Well, I guess I should say this: it wouldn't like if they took him and Ryan Poles comes out that night at the press and says, "Yeah, he's our starting left guard or right guard or whatever the hell, you know, whatever guard." Okay, well, you know, I don't like it, but okay, it's understandable. Now, 
if he comes out and if they took him and he comes out and said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to try him out at right tackle and see how it goes. It would absolutely shock me because he's been so militant on all of this in terms of his offensive linemen, especially at offensive tackle. Like you'd be literally throwing everything out the window in terms of length. I mean, this isn't just like, like, you know, you're, it's not like he's barely missing like a, like a, you know, an unrealistic length threshold. Like, he would have the shortest arms of any starting tackle in the league over the last like 30 years. I mean, this is, this is a pretty, this is a pretty big like oversight in terms of what the bears would be trying to do, especially with their length threshold. So yeah, if they took him and said, we're going to try him out at tackle first and let him fail there first. Yeah. It would absolutely shock me. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, is there anything else that caught your eye from the Ian Cunningham presser? Um, you know, he did talk a lot about offensive tackles. Um, pretty much, you know, describing what they want. I thought that, you know, the, the trade back was pretty basic answer. You know, it's a case by case basis, something we'll, you know, discuss um, after day one, if they want to get back higher in the second round, because, you know, they do go from nine, so it was a nine to 53, I believe it is. Um, so they won't be picking for 44 more picks. Uh, was there anything else that caught your attention? Cause I, that, that, that was pretty much it for me. Not really. I mean, kind of we talked about before. I mean, really what this comes down to is that, you know, they're just not going to expose a lot, right? And that's just really what it what it comes down to. And luckily, we're finally at the wait, end of the waiting period. And, and really what it comes down to is we get to sit through two more days of, you know, um, rumors and all that stuff and then kind of go from there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm ready for it to all be done. It's a, it's a hectic week. It's a hectic weekend for everyone. Um, I guess let's wrap things up, Aaron, by doing this. Let's give our prediction on who we think the Bears are going to take. I know I said Peter Skronsky has a feeling. Um, I'm going to go someone different. I'll let you go first. Who Make your prediction. Who are the Bears going to take at number nine overall um, come Thursday night? Well, if I had to pick right now, um, I'm going to go Paris Johnson Jr. I, I think, and we've talked about this at length, I think if Jalen Carter's there at number nine, he's absolutely the pick. And I'm all for it, um, you know, but I, I just don't think he's going to be there. I think there's two big hurdles that he has to get past, plus any trade down or trade up opportunities. So I don't see that being a thing. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely say Paris Johnson Jr. seems to fit, you know, check every single box that they have right now. So he would be... He would be the one I would be most comfortable with uh, mocking at nine right now. Yeah, I, I would go Johnson Jr., but in it, just to be different, I think it's I think Jalen Carter. I think he's going to fall. Um, I just I don't know, man. Like I I have a feeling that there are teams that just have the red flags on him. I know, like you said, he's got to jump the hurdles. Obviously, Seattle's a team that could probably use him, even though they've made some moves on the defensive line. Detroit's a team I'd keep an eye out for. For me, I think Houston's going to go Will Anderson. I think Arizona's going to trade out to be a quarterback. I think at four, there'll be a quarterback. Um, and, you know, you're sitting there at five, and and it's, um, excuse me, Seattle. Um, and, and I think that they could go someone like Tyree Wilson. Um, and then you're looking Detroit six, you know, will they take them? I mean, that's to me, that's right there. The five and six are the biggest hurdles. I don't see Las Vegas doing it. Maybe Atlanta, but I also, I also could see Atlanta going running back. Um, but then again, you know, they drafted a fifth rounder out of BYU who was pretty damn good last year. So I'm just going to make my prediction. I think it's going to be Jalen Carter. Um, I, I do think if he's not there, though, it's going to be Paris Johnson. But I'll stick with Jalen Carter uh, just to be a little different here. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I think, like I said, I think of Jalen Carter's there. I think that he's absolutely going to be the Bears pick. And I would even go as far as to say that I don't think the Bears would trade down in that situation. I think if Jalen Carter falls to them, I think they're absolutely going to take him. It's going to be. I think he's, I think 100% he's the, I think he's a top, I think he's a top player on their board right now. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, and that's the thing, man, if all the character stuff checks out. um, And again, I, this is coming from somebody that wasn't exactly as high. Like I, I think he's a top five player in this draft class, but I didn't, I I don't know, man. I I'm still, I'm still kind of like in awe right now that, that there are people that legitimately believe that Tyree Wilson's going to be a better defensive end, a better overall player than Will Anderson. And again, I, and I'm not saying that that's like a minority opinion by any means, because it's really not. And there's a real chance that Tyree Wilson could be the first defensive end off the board, but man, Dude, Will Anderson, man, I, I feel like he's somehow like he was such a fantastic player at Alabama and he doesn't, I don't know, to me, he kind of projects as like that Khalil Mack type player. Um, so kind of getting off track a little bit, but either way, man, like I, I, I think that at number one overall, like they were rumoring or, you know, even like number four or whatever, like if they were to had traded with Indy. I'm not as stoked on it. I'm still completely fine with the pick, but I think at number nine, if you can get a talent like that, I think that ultimately if it busts, obviously it hurts, but it also makes complete sense. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a consensus, basically number three overall player in this entire draft class. And if if he falls the nine, that's usually what good teams do. And they usually get rewarded for it. I mean, we saw the same thing with Jeffrey Simmons a few years back with uh, Tennessee. We saw him just get a massive contract. So I think it makes all the sense in the world if he's there. I just I have my doubts that he's going to be there. Aaron, uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at, and where can everyone read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work on the BearReport.com. Awesome stuff. You can uh, follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. It helps us and picks for polls. Also, we will have full draft coverage every single night. Um, the picks, the reaction, we'll get to talk to players. Aaron will have his best available. Um, all that good stuff. And, and I think Andrew's going to do like a reaction pod on Saturday, something like that. We'll have a tracker for the undrafted free agents, post-draft stories. And, and then the weekend after, I'll be at uh, Rookie Minicamp to cover it all. So make sure you stick to bearreport.com. Till next time, everyone, please stay safe and please stay healthy.